Dear Rural Pastor, by the end of this episode, you will be able to take two weeks off from preaching and get the break you've needed. Well, hello and welcome to Rural Pastors Talk, a podcast that aims to re-energize the rural church by pouring into rural pastors, giving you the encouragement and support you need to keep on going. Uh, today, as you heard in our little intro, which wasn't a cold open, uh, we're going to be talking about why you might need to take a couple of weeks off and how you can do it. But first, I'm TJ Freeman. I'm a rural pastor. I've been here at Wellsboro Bible Church for 10 years, been in ministry, bleh, I don't know, for a lot more than that, uh, but glad to be here and glad to be with y'all. Hey, I am Joe Wagner. I am a pastor-ish right now, been in past rural pastor ministry uh, for 15 years work here at Wellsboro Bible Church, along with TJ and... What's going on, guys? This is Joshua McLaren, pastoral assistant here at Wellsboro Bible Church. I've been here for almost five years. And we also have a special guest today. Hopefully, he will not enter into the chat. Mm-hmm. He's awakened from hibernation. It is Bear Gideon Wagner, all mm-hmm. of eight and a half months old. A bebby in the studio. Chilling. Glad to have him. Hey, you may have noticed the format is a little bit different today. We are trying to serve you, the listener, better Uh, We have fun with our cold opens. We hope that you've had fun with them, too. We're still going to throw some things in every now and then that we think is funny and you probably want us to stop doing. But uh, for now, we're trying to shorten up our episodes a little bit and also get right to the content, which I'm going to stop talking so we can do. Um, Here's the reality. I I think that um, in my early days as a rural pastor, I was not prepared for the amount of pressure I would feel to preach every single week. And I was excited to do that. I love preaching. I used to only get to preach about once a month. I thought preaching 52 sermons in a row, maybe 104, just keep on going. That's a dream come true. Dream come true. Until week, I don't know. Eight. <laughs> I think I was into the tw- to the 20s before I really started to feel like. After after the initial burst. The euphoria. Of, yeah, 20 or 30 sermons. For me, it was like eight to ten weeks. I'm like, whoa, I could use a little bit of a break. But you were bivocational. I was. Yeah, I was not. So that might be the difference there. So, you know, you, you start to feel this weight of like, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. And you, you start to find it difficult to get anything else done. Joe, what was that like when you were bivocational, preaching all the time, and trying to plant a church all at once? You begin your sermons on Saturdays. Hmm. And that's gross. Yeah. Because by if you don't get started... You're, you're dadding, you're husbanding, you're taking care of the house, you're, you're working, you've got a church. And so you've got these great plans of getting up early in the morning to start your sermon. But the days when I was probably the most frustrated and most irrationally and sinfully angry at my young children was at six o'clock in the evening, and I didn't have anything ready mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. There is awful. no worse feeling. That well, there's one worse feeling. Six a.m. and you're still in the same boat on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, I can remember times where we were trying to work through our church's documents, rewriting the Constitution. Um, I was having counseling appointments. I was the only counselor at the church. Uh, we were doing things like weddings and funerals, and I'm also trying to be a husband and a dad. And we were still having kids and. That weight of everything else, the whirlwind, we call it sometimes, just kind of starts to press in on you, and your sermon prep can take a hit, and then therefore your sermons can take a hit, yet there's some reasons that guys feel like, I can't take a break. I remember feeling 
like, boy, I'd like to take a break, but I can't. What were some of the things you wrestled with? Oh, who was going to preach for me? Mm. And that's a big one, that, especially in guys. For if your churches are a little bit smaller and there's nobody else there to preach for you, or you think that there's nobody else there to preach for you, the weight of that is huge because if it's not you, then who is it going to be? And I think that we can probably answer that question for you probably a little bit later on. Yeah. But that's a reason why I didn't preach because I felt that the that's why you did not huge. preach. Brendan did not preach. Yep. Yeah. The way the drop off I thought would be so huge. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of an inflated ego. I had a thought too: is what are the people going to think if I don't preach? You know, they they've hired me to do this. Right. Oh, I, he's lazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, he's not working. Sweat's not pouring out of every pore of his body all the time. He's not working hard enough. And the congregation sometimes, in their defense, just doesn't realize the weight of what it's like uh, during the week. So they might think, you know, midweek I'm not doing anything other than, you know, picking fluff out of my navel, as one of our elders <laughs> would say. And so they just, they don't realize the whirlwind. And so they may have an expectation that might be real. What are people going to say? Uh, it could also be that um, you have built up in your own mind an idea that you're the only gifted communicator in your church. And this is kind of in connect connection to what you already said joe where maybe you would never say it out loud but you think boy if i'm not the one up there then we're going to lose some ground uh that might be exactly what you said but it was a i think that that's not worth saying twice Mm -hmm. all right and then there's some other more negative even though that's kind of negative but Maybe you've lost your love of preaching. Maybe you've preached for like 30 or 35 weeks in a row, and you just, it's a, become drudgery for you to begin prepping and sermon writing again to the point where you don't prep very well. I remember there was probably a six or eight month span, maybe longer, in, in my preaching career when it seemed like I was making the same point again and again and again every single Sunday uh, pray and read your Bible. Like, that sounds great, but when that's your application for every passage of Scripture, uh, you should probably dive a little bit deeper. But I didn't have the energy to dive deeper. On the flip side of that is the guy who has been preaching for a year, two years, and his sermons have gotten dry, but he doesn't know that. He's not feeling that. And the congregation is just kind of zoning out and not paying attention. And maybe, dear brother, that is you, but you've not been looking in their eyes, you've not been exegeting your congregation, and you haven't realized that because they've heard your voice over and over again, no matter how brilliant of a preacher you are, the same voice over and over and over can become monotonous. It can. So here's the argument we have, is that no matter what condition your church is in, no matter what, no matter what the sort of structure of your church is or what your circumstances are, I think that's the word I'm looking for, you need to build in some breaks. We're not talking necessarily vacation. We're not talking necessarily Sabbath. Those things are things we've talked about before. But getting into your rhythm, something that will help you and help your congregation, and that is pulling a double, taking two weeks off in a row. Because taking one week off is almost like taking no weeks off. You know, you're just catching your breath. You're and then you're right back in there. It's it's kind of like, I don't know, 
there's an analogy that escapes me. It's like going on vacation for a long weekend. You travel somewhere there on Friday, you get there and you're exhausted on Saturday, and then you've got maybe Saturday night and a little bit of Sunday morning, then you got to get ready to go. There you go. I was trying to force it. I was thinking it's like a scuba diver who ran out of air and he comes back up and gets a <laughs> breath and goes back down. Yours is better. Uh, although you could do that scuba diving on vacation. So, you know, yeah, pulling out for one week, probably not as useful as we think. It's kind of like taking a weekend vacation. Pulling out for two weeks begins to to make a difference for you and for the congregation. But based on everything we've talked about, pulling out for two weeks would be really hard to do. What could we say to a guy who's going, I just can't imagine how I could possibly take two weeks off? Well, let me tell you how you can do it. Or at least let us give you some ideas on how you're able to do that. Number one, unless you've been in that church forever and ever and ever, my hunch is that the guys who are listening to this podcast have probably been in their churches for maybe as little as a couple months or maybe as long as six or seven or eight years. Write in and tell us. Yeah, let us know. But there must have been somebody before you. My guess is in that rural church, there was a span between pastors and there was at least one guy or maybe two guys who was able to preach in that span and they kind of held everything together. Odds are that guy's still there. Is he a resource that you're able to use and work with him to prepare a sermon? And probably he would love to do it if he hasn't preached for a long time. And are we asking, you know, is there somebody there who is as strong a preacher as you are? Are we asking, is there someone there who can exegete the Bible like you can? No. We're asking, is there someone there who could faithfully bring the word for a week or two and that you could just trust the Lord and say, I'm going to put this there? There probably is. But what if there isn't? What should we do? Have you built any relationships with local churches in your area? If not, I would suggest you start doing it right now. Go have coffee with a brother who's a pastor of a local church. Start building that network. Is there a guy in that church who might be able to come and faithfully deliver the word and give your folks the gospel message? And it might not be the the lead pastor. Right. That's something to really consider. I remember when I first got to our church, I was tired. I I had preached a number of sermons in a row, and I reached out to a couple of other pastors in the area, and they were like, brother, I would love to help you, but if I go, there's nobody to replace me. So here's something creative to think about. Maybe the follow-up question is, okay, but is there someone in your church, maybe a deacon, maybe an elder, maybe that guy who held that church together for a season right. who you could send out? There also seems to be in each community a couple of guys who are who, who do fill the pulpit regularly. I remember we were just talking about this when I was just very, very young. There was a, there was a man who came and he filled the pulpit and he did a fine job. And he actually goes to this church right now. And he's gone to this church for a long, long time. But that was his ministry. And he would be a pulpit supply guy. And he still does pulpit supply. And so maybe you're just missing a connection. Maybe you're just missing that information that you would need to have to have him come on in and preach faithfully. And of course, you would want to do your homework and make sure that he was going to preach faithfully, but he could be a resource that you're missing. Yeah. And you could help him. You could sit down and go through an outline together. Uh, You could send him to the Charles Simeon Trust website and let him go through some classes give them some tools and resources. And dear brother, now is the time to start training guys like that. 
Okay, yeah, because let's that's all short term stuff that we were just talking about, right? But let's talk long term, like training somebody to mm-hmm. be able to do that. And even if you're in a church and you'd say, I'm like a normative rural church, we have twenty five to fifty people, or maybe even less than that, and most of them have gray hair. It that that is not a reason that you should in your mind think, therefore I don't have anyone. You have however many of brothers it is in the church at whatever age, and they've got some wisdom and insight that you don't have because you don't have that gray hair yet. And what does the Bible say about gray hair? It's the glory of an old man. It's a, it's a splendor. Why? Because there's wisdom there. So take that brother and just invest in him. If he's resistant, love him really well. Go out and do things he likes to do. Spend time with him. And then slowly build that relationship of trust where you can say, you know, brother, I really think you could help our whole congregation this way. Is this something we could work through? I I think you'll get there. That guy could be your adult Sunday school teacher, or he could be um, a ministry leader. He could be an elder, or he could be a deacon, especially if it's an elder. He's got to be able to teach, Mm. right? So if, if he hasn't been preaching, if he hasn't been teaching, then what a perfect opportunity to start leading him into that responsibility. To sum this up, then, we're saying you probably do have people in your church who could preach. And I'm, we're not arguing that you should lower the bar, but we are arguing that you should lower your pride and say, maybe even if these guys are not as gifted as I would like to see, I can at least trust the Lord and put them in there to be faithful. Check your church. Secondly, check with neighboring churches who are of like mind and faith. Go out and ask them, you know, maybe we're not going to get the senior pastor, but is there someone else in the church who could preach? I would add a third thing to that, which would be, consider doing a pulpit swap. Mm. So you've already got some sermons that you've preached. Maybe it's just the one you preached the week before and you and another pastor could switch. Now you have a whole week where you don't have to do sermon prep and you get a little extra mileage out of your sermon. And then being there in another church would actually be an encouragement to you. I think that would, that'd be something that would fill you up. So those got a crazy idea. Ooh, I like, are you ready for this crazy idea? Mm -hmm. Been brainstorming this one. So what if, Preacher, what you've done, and this will take a little bit of homework, but you have written two manuscripts. You've got two sermon manuscripts that you have put together that you have not delivered yet, and they're solid, and they're basic. I mean, you're not talking about huge theological issues that you have to dive into that are controversial, but what if you were to take that guy in your church and walk through that manuscript with him? Explain to him if he didn't understand what they were so that he has a really good feel and he has a passion for that manuscript. You've written the manuscript and then he delivers it. What do you think about that idea? I would throw up in my mouth (laughs) and on the manuscript. You don't like that idea at all? Well, I like the idea of being sure that the brother is going to preach something faithful. Mm -hmm. I like that your pastoral fingerprints are on it. Yes. I cannot preach another person's content to well, save my life. What if he were to make it his own? Not like he's changing truths around, but he were to, he the jokes would be his jokes, the illustrations would be his illustrations. Mm-hmm. Now, if you team teach, you know you're kind of doing the same thing already, where you come together. We do that a lot. We're, we don't team teach, but we help each other understand what's the main point of this text. Where are the divisions? You know, so I could see doing some of that. I'm picturing myself 10 years ago and thinking when would i have time to do that and i have a suggestion for that go 
Chat GPT? No, that's for <laughs> another day. Um, this episode brought to you by Chat GPT. I think that how you use your two weeks is important. So in this case, we're not suggesting you're going on vacation. We're suggesting you take two weeks off of preaching. And we haven't really gotten into this yet, but there are some things that you we we would encourage you to do during that time. Primarily rest the first week. I think you just need to take a week to 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 chill. Maybe you get some stuff done around the house. You know, maybe your family can take some time off from from school or if your wife works, maybe you get away and go somewhere together. That first week can just be ah, catch my breath time. The second week you can catch up on some of those things that weigh on you that lead to stress and burnout because there's always a pile of I need to get to that stuff in the background. Maybe what you do during your second week is you come up with your outlines, your plans to help another brother preach in the future. So I'm suggesting this becomes a rhythm. Maybe once a quarter, you take two Sundays off. So that first time you do it, map out where you think you'll be next time. And then you can work on that actual sermon outline then. So you've got some planned out time built in. This thing can, you can use this time to make future times more effective for you. I like it. I like it. I, during that time, you can work out the outline of what the sermon series is going to be so you can prep somebody and give them three months to work on a sermon. That's a great idea, too. Right. Lay it out there so that they you can tell them, hey, ahead of time. No, you guys get that. Is it helpful for you to know ahead of time what you're going to be preaching on? Yeah. I, yes. Absolutely. Because then I'm able to track where... I'm able to track where you're going. I'm able to track where Josh is going, and you can go right down the line and pick right up where somebody else had left off. Even in just an ability to soak in the text. So, you know, after our Ephesians series, we're finished expositing the book of Ephesians. We're moving on to Genesis. So I've begun reading Genesis in the mornings. Mm. Um, I actually do not know up, what the text is going to be for my next sermon. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. Leading up to the, yeah, to the, you know, the preparation to preach that, I kind of want to be soaked in Genesis before. Um, beginning to prepare a sermon. So I'm just trying to familiarize myself. So it's very helpful. I spent about an hour and a half preparing for the wrong text this week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we're stepping out of the series we're in for Resurrection Sunday. And I forgot. You're gearing up for marriage. I was. <laughs> All right, here is one more thing. Totally, not even tangential. It was Palm Sunday this last Sunday where I'm dating us, and we didn't have a single palm in the place. I... I can't get my hand around a basketball, but it's still called a palm. <laughs> I have two of them. This is my first Palm Sunday here, and I noticed it about, yeah, I was like, wow. Where are the branches? Where are the branches? Mm-hmm. Where are all the little kids running around, flailing with the weeds? Pressing on. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about that, I w- Pastor? I want to say one more thing, and that is that I really encourage you, brother, when you're off for your two Sundays, go to another church. It will bless you and it will bless that other church. I love my church. I hate missing church at Wellsboro Bible Church. I really look forward to every single Sunday. Yet, I have never gone to another church that I've researched in advance. I have gone to some churches that I have not researched that I was a little unpleasantly surprised by, but I've researched in advance. I've gone to these other churches. I have been blessed. I have been encouraged by the singing of saints that I don't know as well, I've been encouraged by the preaching of a brother who has a different style from what I'm used to. 
I learn things. I see how they do their building. At the same time, don't come out of there discouraged because you've compared your little country church to a great big mega church. Mm, I'm giving true. you that right there, too, because you can come out of a church and be like, so we'll never, never make mm-hmm. it. I wish I could preach like him. They've got, they've got 47 people on stage leading worship, and all we've got is one. But, you know, I've, I've had guys from our region come to our church before and it's blessed the socks off for me. Yeah. And I think if you would think about going to another church in your community, in your county, in your general region, who's similar to you, that would encourage you maybe even more than I, w- I would encourage you to do the same thing, but go in there with a good mindset and don't mm-hmm. watch out for that sinful That's sin good. of pride yeah. that you've got going on. That's right. Excellent. You could, if you wanted to, make a pilgrimage to a church that you've always wanted to check out. You know, I've learned a lot from doing that too, but I think you'll really gain some value and and be a blessing to another church. And build relationships. That's right. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think we would say you probably are preaching something you don't mean to preach when you preach too much, too many sermons in a row. You're communicating to your congregation that you're you don't need a break or that you think you're the only one who can do it or some something you don't mean to say. And so think about maybe building this into your calendar so that once a quarter you can take off two Sundays in a row and rest in the Lord, uh, encourage your congregation, give some other people opportunities. There's just all kinds of benefits that come from this. Anything else to say about that? I would say that you want to be raising up Oh, it's trite to say this, but be raising up that next guy, mm. right? We've got to be discipling other people to, in this area, and that's right. I don't care how well we. There is a point when your church is so small that you might be the only guy that's gifted to be able to teach, and so I don't, I'm not. I want to push people into preaching or teaching who are not able to do that or not gifted, because we know that not everybody should preach or mm-hmm. teach. But be on the lookout for that person, and you can be, start them off. Start them off with sermon reading, or, or, or uh, excuse me, scripture reading in in, in sermons, and, and begin building into those other guys who might come along beside come alongside you. We do not want any rural pastors burning out. We do not want rural churches burning out. And this is one way that you can think about working with other churches in your region for the long term health of your own ministry and the church that you serve. If you want to find a place to give training, we have an opportunity coming up right here at the end of April in uh in Pennsylvania. If you're in the Northeast and it's not yet April twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, we would invite you to join us in Williamsport, Pennsylvania for a free uh expository workshop with Ben O'Toole, who is an excellent expositor and teaches for the Charles Simeon Trust. We also would invite you to join us in the fall, September 29th and 30th at Wellsboro Bible Church. Get your tickets now. We are going to have a Nine Marks workshop with Raymond Johnson and Phil Newton that you do not want to miss. Bring your elders, bring your deacons, bring your future generation of guys. You know, I we have some teenagers even who are coming to this. So we would encourage you to to do that. And also, if I could ask for one favor, would you go over to Facebook and jump on the Rural Pastors Coalition group? It's facebook.com slash groups slash rural pastors. There's a community of rural pastors there who have been praying for each other weekly, encouraging each other, asking questions. Uh, I threw out some stuff the other day for a writing project that I wanted to workshop, and I got all kinds of responses 
from Rural Pastors. I have been blessed by these brothers, and I know that you would be too. Facebook.com slash groups slash Rural Pastors. Anything else, brothers? I will include that link in the show notes. Joe? I'm good. The bear's gone. The bear is gone. The bear's mother came and retrieved he him. Snuck Mama out. bear. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, listener, for tuning in. I'm so thankful for you. We're so encouraged to know that there are brothers like us who are in rural places serving Christ and seeing the advancement of his kingdom. We would love to connect with you, Josh. Yo. How could people do that? They could email us at ruralpastorstalk at gmail.com. Now, when we did a last plug a couple weeks ago, I mean, we do a plug every week, but I think we did a significant push. We got we got emails. Now, in the last week, we've received no emails. Crickets. Ugh. Makes me sad. Would it's you- like my opening illustration. Crickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I laughed. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so email us at ruralpastorstalk at gmail.com. Seriously, guys, we, we love receiving those. Yes, and we do. Just say hi. being encouraged by you. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Rural Pastors Talk, well, facebook.com slash ruralpastorstalk. You could message us there. And then we encourage you, please come join this Rural Pastors Coalition. It's been a sweet blessing. Mm. Stay tuned because we have an upcoming episode on chat GPT. Woo! And, and we're going to allow the robot to write the intro. Oh, we'll see what happens. Should I give a preview? No. I have, no. no. Oh, nope. I'm, see you next time on Rural Pastor Stock. Bye. Raise your Ebenezer. Hey, with this new format, I have no idea what to say now because we already asked for the email. So here we are at the end of the podcast thanking you for listening and asking you, rewind 30 seconds and uh, do what Josh said. Goodbye.